hope the future generations can get this urge Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds, uh Welcome back to another episode of Nerds of Rounds, guys. This is your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. And today, again, we have another creative series for you guys. And um, again, we thank you guys all for the support for the creative series. Um, this creative series has been set up for a long time, and we're excited to have this gentleman on to talk about how he got into the world of comics, how did he start his comics, which is the Lord of the Cosmos, um, which has some great art, great story, great lore to it. Um, three issues that are out. Um, we want to welcome the one, the only, Jason Lennox. Jason, what's up? How's it going, Nerds of the Roundtable? I appreciate it. Good, good. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's a privilege. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, Jason, uh, we like to talk to all of our creators and get to know their comic book origin story. You know, Spider-Man has his sure. origin story. Batman has his origin story. So what is the origin story for Jason Lennox? How did you get into comics? And what was the inspiration for creating the concept in the comic Lord of the Cosmos? So uh, I had done uh, a lot of art as, as a kid. Uh, I had gone to a, a scholarship program for artists for gifted kids. Uh, and I ended up uh, not going to art college. I ended up going to a, a more traditional uh, regular college in uh, rural Pennsylvania called Shippensburg. I got a bachelor's degree in business administration. So uh, I know how to sell things, right? So my day job, my Clark Kent identity is I sell commercial heating and cooling equipment like air conditioning and gas furnaces and stuff, which is, we can have a podcast about that. It's fascinating to talk about. Seared, right? um, so that's my day to day. I kind of got away from art. And then I don't know, about, uh, about 11 years ago, um, I kind of had kind of my origin moment where, where I, I really started to miss doing art. And uh, I had uh, got involved in a supporting a crowdfunder uh, for a friend, what must have been around 2009, it was a very uh, early version of Indiegogo, and I had donated some money to help a project. At that time, it was very novel. I was like, support my project. And I was like, oh, my God, I will support this. <laughs> and uh, I'm on the mailing list. And so around this time, around 2009, uh, you know, 2010, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the itch to draw again. And uh, I had gotten uh, some pencils and tools back out. I just started drawing some real basic things. And uh, around 2011, uh, I'm working, but I, heck, I didn't have much direction. And I got an email from Indiegogo uh, that they were doing a movie about uh, a dungeon master and a guy playing Dungeons and Dragons. And, and I wrote them back and said, I, I have some art from an old portfolio from school. Uh, could I do a project for you? And I remember my wife was like, what, what, you know, are you going to do that? And I said, I, I really want to do it. And they, they wrote me back and I ended up doing a, a piece of production art for their movie and they used it in their uh, uh, marketing and crowdfunding efforts. And it was fun. And I got a movie credit and uh, that gave me this kind of taste of, of the action that I used to have when I was younger of doing work, uh, you know, when I was a teenager in my twenties. And uh, I, I, kind of started out in a, a, my art world, my, my origin story. And uh, I was on a, a bulletin board, which no longer exists for heavy metal magazine. Ooh, and I started talking oh, wow. to, uh, I started talking to some fans and we spent a lot of our time really ripping on the editorial direction of the book and uh, heavy metal decided to shut the whole bulletin board down. Uh, they wanted to be on social media. And I think they were tired of their own website being used to rip on them by fans. <laughs> And uh, so uh, these two fellows spoke to me and said, well, let's let's make a short story and submit it to Heavy Metal. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really weird. And I, I did an interview with another fellow the other week, and I had to go look this up. I can send it to you guys. It was really bizarre. I, I, I pitched a really simplistic uh, story idea to this the fellow that said he was a writer. His name was uh, Intone Flux. That was his handle. Never got his real name. And I said uh, the, the general gist of this story would be that uh, some uh, soldier exterminator types are chasing a creature around the planet, and we see it from their point of view. And they hunt down this creature. And as they're going to kill it, we realize it's a person and that the exterminators are bugs. Kind of like a real basic <laughs> 50s outer okay. limit. Yeah. A like real that. simple, simple hook. And so this guy says, oh, email back and forth. He says, that's great. I'm going to write a script. And, <laughs> and he sent this crazy 20 page script with it, it was like a it was like a unabomber manifesto and i wrote the guy i said i i you know I, I really had a simple idea i said i'm confused i said i'm gonna reread it but i don't really like this and, and for the record i'll send you guys a copy of this because I, I found it uh for yeah, i gotta uh, read it now <laughs> yeah i had to refine it and read it because i brought it up during a, a similar interview like this and uh, the guy wrote me back an expletive, go after yourself, you're stupid, don't you dare steal my ideas, I never want to speak. And it was like crazy. And then the other guy was a letterer, and he goes, you know, I, I can write. He goes, I think the idea you have was pretty basic. Let me write you, let's write this as a script. So that fellow, uh, his name was David, um, he wrote the script, and we made this five-page spec story. And uh, we submitted it to Heavy Metal, and I, I laugh about it ever since then. Um, and I talked to some people at heavy metal about it and they laugh. They've laughed when I've mentioned it to them, some freelancers and artists and stuff about it. But, uh, they were like, uh, we, we might get to use it in like 10 years, which ironically is around now. And uh, I remember thinking, "Hmm, okay. Um, if I keep, uh, uh, waiting for these people to, to, uh, help me, I'm going to never, uh, be helped. Yes. Uh, and it was kind of that, that was kind of another moment for me in this origin story that you asked for. Um, and this was around 2012 to 20, late 2011, early 2012. And I, I said, you know, we've got the technology with printing. Uh, why don't I take this? We'll make some more material and we'll make a book. And, and I forgot part of the story. We made a second 11 page story after that. So we had two stories submitted in both. So I got this 10 year wait after we did both. So I had to add enough for a small book. And I took the materials to a printer. Um, we got a price and I did my first Kickstarter, which was my first of 11 uh, in 2012. Wow. And we raised a thousand dollars to do some work for this book. And again, at that time it was, uh, you know, people were like, why are you using this? What is this? What is Kickstarter? What is crowd? It was, it was still, you know, it was very new at the time, uh, you know, a decade ago. And, uh, I made the book and I, I reached out to some people in the comic book community and I, I did my very first comic book show as a vendor, uh, the 2012 Scranton, Pennsylvania Comic Con, which was a one day Sunday show. And uh, at that point, that was kind of like I was off to the races. And, you know, since then, um, I've done a lot of stuff and uh, I've grown the Jason art uh, world, the art brand uh, and, you know, people now a lot of people know me for lords of the cosmos and that was a a kind of a bigger project that uh, i started to think about uh, around 2015 2016 and uh, i was doing construction management at that time uh, before i got into the heating and cooling sales uh and uh, i was uh, my boss at the time was like i don't want you talking about this art 
So, of course, I was at a job site with our carpenters and the homeowner we were at was into Robotech and uh, <laughs> a lot of 80s stuff. So, of course, we're talking about comics and art and he lives locally and he's like, I'm writing comics. And I said, I have this idea. You like 80s stuff. It's called Lords of the Cosmos. So I pitched this idea to him and uh, he said, wow, we should work on that. You know, can I get my other friend involved that uh, he lives in Los Angeles? He does TV and movie stuff. And I said, sure. So that's Dennis. And we've got Dennis and Jason both involved. And, uh, you know, we started putting Lords of the Cosmos together. And, uh, you know, we're four issues deep into it. Um, since then, you know, we just finished the Kickstarter for issue four in February. So nice. Awesome. Congrats. Thank you. No, so it, and, you know, now we're working on issues five and six simultaneously. I just did a body count in the last book. We had 21 people worked on the last book. So it, it's, it's, it's strange now, you know, doing some of these interviews, you know, 10 years into this art thing uh, at, at this phase of my life. And, you know, to think that, you know, I was kind of stumbling around trying to find people. And at this point, I have two anchors to ink my work. I work with multiple colorists, graphic designers, sculptors. Uh, designers uh, i'm doing writing editorial work uh, at this point for lords all we have, hands on deck oh man it, it is. yeah like at this point we're working on issues five and six simultaneously we have i'm working on the main story every weekend doing new pages and we have six stories that are either done or in various stages of writing art or editing for the 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 other stories in the books with multiple creative teams to the point i have to keep a little chart to back <laughs> so you know it's definitely grown a lot you know uh, along the way i've i've picked up some amazing freelance clients um i have one that that i, I can't talk about until uh, it comes out with an nda for this year uh i'm doing work for a heavy metal band uh right now to rebrand their marketing uh, I've done work for Virgil Abloh, the the fashion guy that owns Off White Clothing. If you know mm, Off White, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so I've done work for Off White. Um, I did Virgil Abloh's album art for his uh, electronic music album. Uh, we've done runway art for like women in runway outfits, um, and all all that just came from saying I, I want to draw and submitting stuff to uh, a random email and kind of getting that like a little bit of a touch. So I mean there's multiple points where just having that thing of getting the thrill of working for a, a freelance client and then kind of having that learning lesson of getting rejected, you know, by a major publisher that I have a lot of love for. And I still do. It's a great magazine. Um, you know, but, but, but kind of having that lesson to say like, you, you can wait for someone to pull you up or you can pull yourself up and you can bring your own team that you build with you and make what you want. Um, and my my uh, success has been in part, you know, due to talented people working, you know, with me uh, to follow the things, my visions uh, and my ideas. And uh, the technology has been there. I mean, we, you know, before our pre-interview, just saying the, the power of these, you know, the, the streaming services yeah. to enable guys like you to to broadcast and to have your show. Um, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think what you're doing would have been possible from a technical level. Probably, I don't think no, so. Yeah, we we yeah. had that conversation no, no, no. with um, our buddies, George and um, Sam. Um, shout out to them from Cast the Craze. Um, how they yeah. used to do podcasts a few years ago. And then now, yeah, it's become very in, um, it's become very it's night and day. And yeah. also, too, I don't think we would have ever met because like just like, you know, where we're at and everything. So this has been a very great connective tool with, with everything. Yeah, it's it's it to me. It's a, it's the democracy of creative uh, endeavors. I mean, I've 
you know, like I said, I've done 11 Kickstarters now and I believe in the system because it enables you to take your idea and take it to the people. And if people like it, they'll support it. And if they, if your idea isn't that good, that they won't. And it's really enabled uh, people to take their ideas out. Um, and the printing technology, I'm, I'm 46. Um, shh. <laughs> uh, wait you're 26 26 say it 26 26 and, and I, remember, there you go. I remember in the 80s independent books looked like crap yeah i remember uh, you know, able together xerox um pretty rough and you know i'm getting the artist proofs this week for lords of the cosmos for they just shipped on monday so i got to approve those for the big print run and uh, i use ready comics out in arizona they're printing for you know small press runs you know two three four five six hundred books to you know they are outstanding. They, they, they look and feel like a, a professionally printed piece of material. Uh, so, so what we can print, uh, you know, as a small boutique publishing, you know, project, uh, it really amazes me uh, in addition to shooting out PDFs all over the world. So I'm grateful, you know, I know some people say, Oh, they get angry at certain social media platforms, but I, I try to view the glass half full and that, you know, just like you said, just the fact that we can connect, you know, right now, I live in rural Pennsylvania, you know, uh, that we can have a talk on a Wednesday evening uh, with live video. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, I feel blessed that I could live to even see this kind of stuff uh, happen, uh, you know, whether it's the printing technology, the communication and, and so many of the, the wonderful friendships and connections. I laugh with, with Virgil, uh, even that uh, his lawyers reached out to me years ago and they said, uh, you know, our, our client wants to license some work that he found on your website that, that I'd made in high school, of all things. Uh, it was a bird I'd airbrushed. And uh, I had uh, a family member who's an attorney, my sister-in-law, I said, is this real? Or these, is this real? Is this, seems, this seems ridiculous. And she, she reached out. She said, no, they're all real. And, and I remember thinking, how does a guy like Virgil that, that is doing high-end fashion work in, in Italy and France, you know, find my work? I mean, that still boggles my mind. Mm -hmm. uh that 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 you could have that connection and and it's 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 to me that's really modern magic that you could have those things or you know and, and he's a, a cool guy but even just like regular fans kind of stumbling into you and, and connecting with you you know online or at conventions and everything else so uh, I, i've ridden that tide and and it's been a lot of fun and i can't wait for you know then whatever happens next because it's been a lot of fun i'm blessed um from this is from issue three um right here and then just looking at this composition right here and it's just look at your work right there and i know that um you had an inker do this but your pencils and everything you can see again obviously the inker needs your composition in order to sure. make this flesh this out and it's just look how beautiful this work is and this is why everybody needs to pick up lord of the cosmos because look at this fantastic artwork here on Dude. just the, the, how it flows with the panels and again like i said um I I I fell in love with the art. I'm gonna show one more. Hold on. And then the the art for your your villains too. It's just yeah. so you you get the gravity that a lot of these villains have. And I remember I was like reading through issue one, and you're doing your your list of all your villains. I'm like yeah. seven pages in. I'm like, damn, how many <laughs> how many how many bad guys does this guy have? So this is and they're all unique in their own way. And I really. You know, enjoy the yeah. the side stories that you that you have to kind of give them well, more personality, and especially the, uni the unicorn or the beheader guy, like those. Yeah, you know, those are some it really. Looks, uh, it looks fantastic, bro. Again, I mean, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a spoiler. We, we we overkilled on the villains in the first issue, and I mm. remember some people were like, "Why did you do that?" It's just a bunch of pinups, and I'm like, "I, I know it, it, 
you got to wait till we get to the point we do the same thing for the heroes. Like the main story is kind of a gigantic exercise in bringing a whole world to life mm-hmm. where it's going to go from A to Z and it's going to have villains, some, some uh, conflict and then heroes. And then it's all going to have a big Titanic ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and the side stories enable us to do that. So if you like the villains, I really, really think you're going to like the heroes because there's a complete mirror image of like a, a, a very unique group of bizarro heroes that oppose these guys <laughs> where issue four starts to lead up to that. And issue five is where they, they are summoned from across the world by a gigantic triple lightning bolt from the magic sword that's in the hidden vault. And it guides nice. again, 17 of these, you know, you said there was a lot of villains. There's a lot of heroes and they all get summoned, right? They got to be summoned. <laughs> this is so like you said, this is yeah. an eighties feel like kind of, kind yeah. of a series. And it's so eighties. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny because someone was like, oh boy, you, you know, this reminds me of He-Man. Is the guy going to like raise the, the sword? And I'm like, yeah, that's the second page in issue five. We have, we have <laughs> that's amazing. You know? I mean, because really what Lords was, and here's another part of the origin story. So um, I remember I was kind of looking for a bigger project because when I was doing these short stories, we had done three anthology books called Ugly Studios Presents, which David and I said, we'll call our comics the Ugly Studios, right? Well, it was just our random name mm-hmm. we'd made up. And I, and I, we were just, I was doing like a Western horror stuff. It was just very all over the place, which was, it's just fun, you know, but um, you, I was like, I really wanted to dial in on my own characters and kind of have an ongoing story. And I remember I was at a, a comic book store in York, Pennsylvania that has since closed. And uh, I did a signing just, they had me with my books and, and, and I got some books while I was there because you're around comics, you, you buy them. Right. <laughs> and uh, DC had a new masters of the universe book on the shelf around that time. And it was maybe 2014, 2015. And I was excited and I bought it and I took it home and I thought it was one of the worst comic books I'd ever read. And, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, 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 I show your pain. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I just remember sitting there thinking, you know, the art was bad, the writing was bad, and, and I, I really love those characters. I think the, the Masters of the Universe characters are just cool, you know. And uh, I remember thinking, I wish I could work on Masters of the Universe, but then you're just sitting there thinking, well, that'd be like saying I want to, you know, play professional baseball or be a movie star. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Like they're not going to say, Hey Jason, could you come work on masters of the universe? And I'll say, sure. I'll be there Monday at eight. Can I draw Skeletor? And they'll say, dude, sure. Here's a check. But I, so I, I remember it kind of bothered me. I, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And then I was like, well, what, you know, really it, all it is is a genre, right? Like if you like Westerns, you could love man with no name and, and Clint Eastwood. It, that doesn't mean that's the only Western there's, there's a million Westerns, right? Like I love mafia and crime films there's like an infinite amount of like gangster crime movies. And, and every time you think there's not another story to tell, there's another story to tell. <laughs> yes. And like, there, there's so many great crime shows. And then it's almost like, it's like tasting fine wines where it's like, how does this director show murder versus that guy show murder? And, you know, whether you're watching, you know, Godfather or Carlito's way or something new, like Gamora, which is on HBO max. Right. Like it, it's the same thing, but I appreciate all of them. So I started thinking about, well, why can't I make my own story? And that's, I started having this thing glog around in my head. And that's when I ran into Jason Palmateer around that time and, and said, you know, Hey, could we, could we do this? And so the whole point was to say, we wanted to do our own eighties genre 
thing. And, and so to me, like Lords of the Cosmos is just like it's in there. But what we wanted to do was to make it enough that you recognized it and be like, OK, I get what they're doing. But like to take it in a direction you hadn't seen. And it's been I'll be honest, it's been so much fun. And one of the really, again, another part of the Jason origin story was, uh, you know, we had our second son in 2014. And that's when I started working more with anchors because I just didn't have the time. To, if you look at my older, like 2010, 2011 to 2014, I was hand inking everything. And I, I just didn't have the time with two small kids. And uh, we're, we're pushing in the Lords of the Cosmos. And I got a kid in diapers and a kid that's barely out of diapers. And, you know, Jason and Dennis are like, well, we have all these ideas. You're not going to be able to get to them. It'll take forever. And I remember I had a moment, I was like, I think what I needed to learn to do now is to let other people be on the team. I can't be this micromanager. I can't be the, I can't do everything. And, you know, I saw our laugh where I'm like, you know, kind of stumbling around saying, who will help me, you know, 10, 11 years ago to rolling with like freaking 21 people on a book. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a third, you know, right? I got a folder for creative releases and, you know, right now we have a guy working for us in the Philippines on a story that a guy from Leeds, England wrote for us, uh, you know, uh, anchor in Spain, anchor and artist in Indonesia, uh, you know, where it's just there's all, all these guys. over the world. Yeah, that's, wow. that's fantastic. And I'm just like sitting at home, like, you know, <laughs> doing all this stuff. So so to be able to let all that go. And one of the things that, that you learn is all that all that creative diversity, all this talent man, all coming to one place, it's just made Lords of the Cosmos even better. Um, you know, where it's like, wow, what happens when you get 20 or 30 or 40 people that a lot of them, they're pretty damn talented, whether they're writers, artists, whatever. And it's, it's just like this big stew of awesome. And as opposed to, well, it's not me, it's not me. You know, I, I'll send you guys this because it's funny and I won't say who it was, but it's 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 an eye roller. I was asked by a small, fairly well-known publisher to draw one of their characters as a cover. I said, that's fine. Uh, and I drew it and uh, I sent it to them and I got the stupidest critique back in the world. They literally critiqued every single thing. Uh, we don't like the shape of the knees you drew. Uh, the hair doesn't have enough bounce. Uh, rests slightly too Gee. large. And I'm Jeez. just like, what? I'll, say, I'll send you this stuff. It's so bad. And you'll, you'll see this character and say it's the dumbest character you've ever seen. And I thought, you know what I do? Like, I'm not like your regular artist. So their regular artist took my art and redrew it in his style, which is like really cartoony. And I said, okay. So I said, if that's, so then I, I redrew my art that he redrew in his style. And I said, if this is here. And then they, they were like, well, you're just copying now. And I'm like, what, whatever, this is so, <laughs> I don't, I'll send you the stuff. It's a scream when you see it. Uh, but it was so dumb where it's like, you need to celebrate the diversity in of, the... of this stuff. Like, as long as we're hitting the key beats and we know who these characters are, like, I, I'm not going to sit and say, hey, that shirt wrinkle is not how I had drawn it. I mean, it's just like, then then wh why would you have other artists, right? Yeah. So one of the stories that we haven't shown yet uh, that'll be in Lords of the Cosmos 5 or 6 is a, a guy that his name is Jeff uh, Folsham from Lockhaven, in Pennsylvania. And Jeff kind of draws in more of a, kind of a cartoony style. It looks nothing like the stuff that I do. It doesn't look like anything we've had in Lords of the Cosmos. He, he used like zip tone, like an old newspaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, I think he was a little, you know, you'd like this. I'm like, I love 